Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another visit to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... Ryan. John. Glenn. All right, so... Glenn, lay it on us. We're, we're about to try something. You guys seem to like when gotta, we try. Yeah, when we try. So, things. So, so yeah, me and um, and Sandra, we were doing our weekly grocery trip, and um, so we were walking through the Rouse's Market, and you know they got the the Abita, which is our our local oh, brewery. Shit, this is an IPA, and it was a Abita bubble gum, bubble gum juicy. So, I've never heard of this does it, before. Does it taste like juicy fruit? I out. guess we're about to find out. It sounds like someone from a foreign country that doesn't speak English says, say two things that Americans might like. Bubblegum Bubble juicy. juicy. So yeah, this is a limited what? series. Oh, this smells bad. It, it's, it sounds like something that uh, when, you, when, when they translate something from Japanese into English. Because it, 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 even if it's a sweet, like when a beta does sweet, they're usually kind of good. Like they're strawberry yeah, or the or the purple uh, I gotta haze. tell you, I am not a fan of IPAs. I, I'm, 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 I'm usually not either. This is gonna be. We'll this is gonna All be right, so let's see. So salu, tussle, chin chin. I'm confused. Ooh. It's almost like a banana. I, I do taste banana. Ooh. I don't think Putty likes it. It's not that it's like inedible, but it's, it's like, one of the better IPAs. I'll say that. He's reacting it's, like Gollum saying his name. Oh, it's got a really bitter hit in the back of your yeah. throat after a minute. What's a beat is precious? Oh, I don't. I don't like that. Fuck that beer. <laughs> I mean, I, it's probably something I wouldn't like actively seek out to get, but it's not horrible. I wouldn't describe this as bubble gum, though. No, no but no. I got. I mean, the fact that somebody made that shit and went through tests and they thought this is good. And I mean, it's called bubble gum juicy. Can you really? Describe something that is 100% liquid as juicy? I mean, I mean if it's... <laughs> I mean, unless Greg was saying they, they were going for juicy fruit. Exactly, and they probably yeah. couldn't say juicy fruit. Because it's even a yellow it label. It is a yellow label with, with blue the blue, writing. like juicy fruit. So they're, they're basically trying to say this is juicy fruit beer. And, yeah, I don't, it doesn't work for me. It don't taste like juicy fruit. It doesn't taste like juicy It's not going to move you. It tastes a little bit like in the beginning, but I'll say this. it's It's got a lot of complexity to it because there's lots of flavors bouncing around in your mouth. And it's, it's very complex. It's very bitter. The rind of beers. It's very bitter at the end, but I, also the rind of beers. I'm just and like I, I don't, I usually, I usually hate IPAs. This is one of the better ones, but it's very. It's, yeah. it, I mean, I will say that I, I hate IPAs. This one is the best IPA I've had, which is like saying, you know, do you want a piece of shit? Yeah, or a piece of shit with mustard. I'm like, we'll go with the mustard, but it's still a piece of shit. There's some. Has that, that ever happened to you? No, I'm just saying. Okay, Ryan's been force-fed mustard turds. What condiment, if you had a choice of condiments, what would you put on? Probably the, the mustard, because I think it would overwhelm barbecue sauce. On what a piece that, of shit? Does, mm-hmm. does barbecue yeah. sauce count as a condiment? Sure. Yes. You think so? Of course. Mm, the salsa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's on the condiment aisle. I was just thinking. No, I was just thinking like you know ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise. Would relish. you? Would you? Would you? Would you I'm, consider ranch dressing a condiment? Nowadays, yeah, I probably yeah, would. I guess so. R- Ryan would put a, a jerk sauce on it. I'd say a condiment is like anything that you could put on a hot dog, hamburger, or dip your French fries in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ranch dressing. In that yeah. case, barbecue sauce would be a good because it would overwhelm whatever yeah. horrible thing is it's masking. Yeah. Uh, get a thing of cane sauce, maybe. <laughs> One love. Yeah. <laughs> we're, prob- we're probably not going to try shit with different condiments next week. I mean, we, we can do no. something where we... Like... Watch this be the number one request we've ever gotten, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could try condiments with, like, french fries or something. <laughs> but, so, uh... Glenn, so, I guess uh, we're, we're not going to recommend the... Um, I'm not recommending the bubble I can't, I mean, I can't recommend it. It's, 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 I'm not, Are you going to drink the rest of it? Yeah, I'm going to drink the rest of it. You can have mine. 
Yeah. Would you would you drink? I yeah, I would drink. I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm not gonna let these go to waste. They're, it's, they're nice. They're cold. You know. And I will say it's not. Uh, it's not offensive. It's not offensive. Right. I probably just wouldn't order it again. I mean, if I went to somebody's house and we were gonna have a beer and that's what they had, I'd drink it. No, yeah. I wouldn't. But I mean, if it, if it was a choice between this and maybe a couple other things, I probably wouldn't choose right. this one. Yeah. This would be the last choice. Yeah. yeah. I do have some better abitas if y'all want to change. <laughs> what abitas do you have? Just let us know. Uh, I left a little uh, amber and some strawberry. I think. Oh, strawberry is good. <laughs> strawberry is good. <laughs> it is. Greg went to his happy place. Of I mean, strawberry ale is some good ass shit. Yeah. Um, you know what's also some good ass shit that I'm upset I missed is, is, is the Gretna Fest. Yeah, yeah. We saw Stamilus Beach Boys. Yeah, we did see the Beach Boys. He's not part of the band. I could, I could see why they keep him around though. He was like an honorary member for a little while. For I think an, he's an still... episode of Full House. No, he no, went he down did... to Kokomo. He, was, he was in the Kokomo video. <laughs> no, and he, he kind of tours with them when he's around, when he can. And I could see why they want him around because those are some ugly bastards, and they need something to put the camera. Was, was Brian Wilson there? No. no, it was um, is it uh, Love the um, yeah um, the, yeah, Courtney the, Love. No, not Courtney Love. The because uh, I I didn't realize that the lead singer of the Beach Boys really wasn't any of the Wilsons. It was no, um, he's like their he's like a cousin. Right, he's a cousin. Um, but he was there, and he's um, eighty one years old. <laughs> um, I'm looking up his eighty one years old. He's yeah, performing at concerts. Mike Love. Mike Love. Yeah, Mike Love. Yeah, he's and I mean he didn't because really, when when he first came out, <laughs> me and Sandra were like, whoa, that like he he could hardly move, and. Um, I will say the first two or three songs were, were kind of rough, but then once they kind of got into a groove, it was it sounded like the Beach Boys. I mean, it was it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I will say the the act that we caught before them was Government Mule, which I hadn't heard of, but they were really good, and it was like a Southern rock thing. And when I looked it up, it was actually some members of the the Almond Brothers that formed this other. So it's like a spill off of the Almond Brothers. But um, so what were the first couple songs that they performed that sucked? Um, it was Surf and Safari was what they opened with. It wasn't any of their big hits. How do you screw that song up? I mean, they, they didn't really screw it up. You could just kind of tell they weren't... Took them a little while to get in a groove? Yeah. You but, think they knew that and purposely didn't... They didn't put their hits right. at the beginning? I think so. Uh, and then and at one point, um, they, they mentioned oh, a song that I, I, I wasn't really familiar with, but they said that it was uh, put out in 1963. And then he said... And then talking to a good friend of ours, I found out that 63 is the year John Stamos was born. And he reminds us all the time of how much younger he is than the rest of us. To which I looked at Sandra, I'm like, holy shit, John Stamos is almost 60? You would never know it. But, um, and then I was wondering if they might keep him around because he was on ER for so long. If one of them falls and drops and collapses, he might be able to bring him back. But, um, no, they were good, though. I, I, I will say they... They played almost all their hits. I mean, did they, they Kokomo. They did Kokomo. What, they, what did they end with? Um, they ended with uh, the T Bird. Kokomo is like one of my favorite songs of all time. What, what do y'all favorite? Because me and Sandra had a discussion of our favorite Beach Boy song. Mine's Kokomo. Kokomo. Question. Mine's Mine's Good Vibrations. Um, I don't know. Good Vibrations is a really good one. I like Help Me Rhonda a lot. That, that was their third to last yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably say. Good Vibrations or Kokomo are the two that are, are most prominently spring to mind when I think of the yeah. Beach Boys. Um, Nobody says Surfing USA. No, they, no. Or Sloop John B. I want to say that I, I mean, I Get Around is really good. That is yeah, a good one. That too. is a good one. But I have to watch Look Who's Talking right yeah. after I watch I'm it. I'm pretty yeah. sure that when I was in like the third grade at our school fair, I performed Surfing, uh, really? surfing USA with my the, class. Um, when I Grow Up to Be a Man, that's a good one. Too. I think that might have been in Look Who's Talking as well. But, um, 
No, they, <clears throat> like I said, they, and it was kind of cool um, on the screen behind them. They were showing like clips of them throughout their various careers. And um, well, one of the, like the, they showed a montage at the beginning of like all the media that their songs were featured in. Like they showed them on Full House and they showed clips from Cocktail and, um, you know, various things. But um, it, it, it was a fun little show. Um, God only knows. That's a good one. God, yeah. I actually yeah, danced to my mom with my mom with that at our wedding. Nice. The theme song to Big Love, the, all but the last season. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they do that? I don't know why they changed it. There, but, um, there's a reason. I forgot. It be nice? it really I forgot good? what yeah. it was. Because I remember a lot of people were kind of like little What's surfer going girl. On? Yeah. They sang that one. I don't remember what the reason was, but there was. And the one thing I never actually Sloop John B was that an anti-Vietnam song? I don't. I don't remember. I remember it was on the, the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Like in the Vietnam era, Maybe. and I think there's a line in there where it's like, this is the, I want to go home, this is the worst trip I've ever been on, yeah. or something, but, um, yeah, they, they, they were good. The, um, the, the festival, it, it was a gorgeous weekend, and the way that they uh, they set it up, it, it, it was really, it was a good time. My, uh, my uh, girlfriend went too, she had a weekend pass, I didn't go. Yeah, we, yeah, we had the weekend pass. I gotta work all the fucking time, but, um, she was saying that there were some complaints about the bus setup all right. this year. Yeah, I mean, so we tried to do the bus once, and because um, they 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 had a um, so on Manhattan Boulevard, which is a little ways away, there's the uh, Jefferson Parish School Board's built main building there, and they had set it up where you can park your car there, and there was a bus that would bring you to the to the fest. And when we we parked there, the um, the kids that were out there sitting there said, "Just want to let y'all know the bus was supposed to be here an hour and a half ago, and it has, it's never shown." So we're like, well, okay. And then it turns out that not a lot of people knew. They just opened up the main parking garage for the courthouse. So um, we went and parked in there, and there was an entrance to the festival right across the street. So that, oh, nice. that worked out. Um, the thing that, I don't know, I thought the, some of the prices were a little ridiculous. at the For the food? In the, the food and the drink booths. Because the one thing they did was kind of different this year. The whole thing was cashless. So when you... Um, you think maybe it was just like... Inflation and stuff. I mean, everything costs a lot. All right, so but the tickets went down, right? Yeah, the tickets did go down because the tickets were it was twenty dollars a day or or forty five dollars for the weekend. That's pretty good. Which was pretty good. Yeah. So I, I think last time I went, it was like thirty five dollars just to day. get in for right. the day. Yeah. So um, we wanted to bring Felicity on the on the Friday night, and then Sunday, Sandra really wanted to go see the Beach Boys. So we're like, well, we might as well get the weekend pass and just like go have lunch or something on Saturday. So we, um, which the things with the kids that kind of annoyed us as well because. The kids were free. You don't get to. They didn't have I, to pay until it was it was their twelve. Uh -huh. But the little kids area, they call it the kids corner, which was just like a bunch of inflatables that they jumped in. It was twenty dollars a day to get into the kids area. So I was like, oh, the tickets are twenty dollars each, but kids are free. But if the kids want to do the kids stuff, it's twenty dollars. Are 20, you serious? But it's yeah. twenty dollars a day. So, like in essence, sixty dollars. It's sixty dollars if you bring them all three. What the heck? Really? Yeah. Uh huh. That doesn't make any sense. And, and in the kids' area, there was, like, four of those kind of, like, bungee cord things where, you know, the two bungee cords are on the, uh, either side of the kid's waist and they can jump up and down. There was the art bus, which is a little converted school bus where they can go do arts and crafts. And, like, a bunch of inflatables for them to jump in. And they would, the, um, that clown guy So from, to do any of that, they had to pay the 20 bucks? Yeah. That's crazy. And then the, the little clown guy from Texas Roadhouse was there painting faces. And that was really it. And it was... Twenty dollars a day for that. So, did you get your face painted? I I, I wish I, I should have. I I, I didn't though. Um, Felicity just kind of there was just one jumpy that she kept on wanting to go in and go in, and she liked the art bus. But um, that's why on the Sunday we were like we got to 
she stayed with with Nana and Pop, so me and Sandra just went. Um, but that, and then like, all right, so it was like I was mentioning, it was cashless. So when you bought your pass, they gave you a um, like a cloth wrist wristband with a little chip on it, and you could either link a credit card to it, or you can go to a booth and if you had cash, you can give them cash and they put the cash on the the chip. The problem with that though is, say you put fifty dollars on there and you only spent thirty, you're not getting your change back. So a lot of people are just linking credit cards to it, which is good, but it's also kind of easy to just, you know, boop, boop, boop. And you don't realize what you're paying for. Exactly. Yeah, like, for trying. example, on Saturday when we went to go get lunch, they had this little booth that they were selling, like, fancy lemonade. It was like coconut lemonade and tropical lemonade. And, you know, it was a sunny day. And we're like, that sounds pretty good. And we went up there, and they didn't have any prices posted. So we are like, Are well, you serious? At this one booth. Most of the booths did. I was like, this one booth did not. And we're like, well, there are three lemonades. How bad could there be? <laughs> so famous last words, right? Oh. So I ordered three lemonades. They scanned my band. Let me, let me forty dollars. No, I was about. Let, let, so you say you say forty? I'm I'm gonna say thirty because there was three of them and I right. like ten bucks. Three a piece. of them. Are they all the same size? No, all right. One of them was bigger than the other two. I'm gonna. So go it's two smalls and a regular. Two smalls and a regular. I'm gonna go twenty nine dollars. No guess. Twenty-seven dollars. I don't know. Thirty-eight dollars. Wow. Mother. You're right. Father, sister, brother. <laughs> Your first guess when you were joking was closer. Thirty-eight dollars for the three. Well, I would have went over. So they have, did right they have rum in them or anything? They had fresh fruit in them. Wow. That's but what goddamn dick. That was very goddamn dick. But then, like, I mean, we got a funnel cake that was twelve dollars, which I guess is kind. It's a what? Cake. Yeah. It's basically a beignet. It's yeah. Like there's nothing to funnel it. Funnel cake was twelve dollars. The did, did they have like toppings? Powdered sugar. If wow. you if you wanted a drizzle of caramel, it would have been two dollars. So they didn't extra. even have fruit to put on it. Two dollars <laughs> for a fucking drizzle of of caramel. <laughs> and and I could tell two you two fucking dollars. Yeah, that, that's not inflation. Nobody and and, 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 and I could t- and I could tell you the people at the funnel cake booth were making bank because all it was. All right, so when me and Sandra got married, we got one of those little like small deep fryers. You know that you buy at the Bed Bath and Beyond. It was two of those <laughs> with a couple squirt bottles of the uh, the pancake wow. syrup. Um, I got some um, brisket burnt ends for lunch Ooh. with. Um, and I, I actually I didn't think this one was too $82. bad. It was it was it was a little thing of like seven or eight pieces of the burnt ends with a piece of toast and a pretty hefty size of um, crawfish mac and cheese, and it was twenty bucks. Eh. Well, at least that's a meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it just. No, poor Felicity wanted a wanted a hot dog, so we went to just the plain Jane hot dog booth. And, Five dollars. And they were like, "Well, they said, um, well, our machine's broken, so we're we're actually taking cash." Which we're like, "Well, we don't have any cash." So I'm like, "Sorry." Well, right next to that was that dog, and they're like, "Well, we can give you just a plain hot dog." We're like, "Okay." So they scanned my thing, and that was eleven dollars. Oh my god. And Felicity ate half of it and then dropped half of it on the ground. And I told Sandra, I'm like, I'm picking this bitch up and washing it off. <laughs> she kind of told me not to. Um, but, yeah. So, so, so $5 of hot dog it, on the ground. It, yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, the prices of the food were, were, were kind of ridiculous. However, I will say that the kind of, I guess, the smart move where all of the Gretna restaurants had opened and their, their menus were the same. So, I guess you could have just gone to River Shack and gotten a burger and played for the same that you usually do. Or... Um, yeah, with, with Tauntaun and um, like Q- QEPs and stuff. That that was all open. So you could have just went there. 
But other than that, I mean, it was it was a very nice. It's like, like the, the movie theater or stadium so prices. Though. The, like the so like the next cro- year, are we gonna try to get a booth and just have an air fryer and make some fucking jalapeno poppers? And mm-hmm. I bet yeah. Sell I, for thirty seven dollars. Sure. Let's do, uh, we'll have an awesome village booth. Yeah, we should. Oh, we fucking should. Yeah, but um, it, 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 I will say it, it was a fun time though, bearing the prices of the of the food. Um, the, the music acts were fun. The um. <coughs> It was very. We felt very safe. Like the Gretna PD, yeah. they were out in full force. Oh, nobody messes with them. The um, I was the beers. I think they were like six dollars. That's not bad for a beer. Gretna PD is like the Central Park Rangers from Elf. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the beers were like six dollars, which that wasn't, I guess, awful. Um. But it, it was a good time. The 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 crowd they were they were they were just kind of funny. Like when we were sitting there waiting for the Beach Boys, um, <laughs> we heard some some guy just kind of overheard him talking, saying how. Um, he didn't want any of the food at Gretna Fest, but then he's like, but I went over to the, on Manhattan, and I went to that restaurant called the Arby's, and I got one of their brisket sandwiches. The Arby's. And I got one of their brisket sandwiches. Let me tell you, that was the best sandwich I ever had. He, they, they have the meat. Has he never heard or been to Arby's? <laughs> That's, and then, um, the other thing that made Sandra crack up was that, uh, older couple sitting behind us trying to figure out the last time. They saw the Beach Boys in concert, and one of them in the middle of the show at the top of her lung yelled out, I remember we saw them at the World's Fair. Jesus. (laughs) That's what Sandra was like. Holy shit, that was 1984. But, um. The guy I work with said he went. He said it was a really good time, but he said, yeah, some of the food was really expensive. That's, yeah, it's like movie theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that those burnt ends I had were amazing. Like, I think it was like one of those, um, they do the competitions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, but I mean, they had like, you know, fried fish. They had the uh, old style hot tamales were out there. All right. Yeah. I am very. I, it's been years, and I'm. <clears throat> Crystal keeps asking me about it. About the hot tamale stand, uh-huh. and I was like, well, I can just tell you that my friend Glenn has seen the. I mean, it's been years. It's been, and I will say, I actually ran into. Um, I went to school with one of the guys I know that I talked to him, and I mean, it, it's. He, I think he kind of took over the business after his, his father passed away, and maybe he's cleaned it. Like, they're, they're actually doing, like, different kinds of, like, they're doing venison tamales and beef tamales and chicken oh, really? tamales. So I think he's trying to kind of expand there. I, I might, I'm, one day I might go to the stand and pick up some. But actually, I, I went someplace to try something. Um, we have this place called Lit Pizza. Oh, um, that's good stuff. Well, I went there because, um, I mean, I've been there before, but uh, I noticed on social media they had a post on Izzo's Illegal Burritos Facebook page, which is a local burrito place. Aren't they owned by the same company? I don't know if they're owned, but they're they're doing a, a, a tandem f- special for the month. They're taking Izzo's pork and making a, a Cubano, pizza. Cubano pizza at Lit Pizza. Really? With ham and this white sauce and like a, um, like a drizzle of this like mustard sauce at the end. Is that the whole month? Huh? The whole month of? Just the, the whole month of October. Are we recording again in October? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we need to get those. Uh, so I, I went, picked up two for, for me and my girlfriend, and when I walked in the house, I had already eaten mine in the car driving here. So she's <laughs> like, when she's like, oh, is this our pizza to split? I was like, no, I ate mine here. She's <laughs> like, well, I thought you were just going to get one. And they're, they're not like they're huge. Like yeah, they're, yeah. Pizza. I think the, the, the monthly specials are like 11 bucks. Yeah. Like, the regular pizzas are like nine, but the monthly specials are a little bit more. But let me just tell you guys, whew, that Cubano is next level. And she wants to go to Izzo's because she's like, how have we never tried this pork? I was like, the pork's always been good at Izzo's. It's just, I always 
think steak well, and chicken. The, the problem with Izzo's, it's not really a problem. It's just they're very hit or miss with some of their ingredients because some of it could be extremely salty. And it's like hard to taste the, be, yeah. the meat sometimes. And it makes Glenn very salty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you get a chance to hit up Lit Pizza, that's a phenomenal place. Mm-hmm. But um, we discovered Ugly Pizza too. That's good stuff. Where's that at? All right, so it's it's kind of a pop up, but they do it at the Gretna Farmers Market every week, and it's just these these two guys with these two pizza ovens, and they they do like the personal pizzas out there for like nine bucks, and they're fantastic. I also went to the Sanger this past week and caught Pretty Woman. Um, walking down the street. Walking down the street. Dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's me and my girlfriend's anniversary presents. You should have took the lit pizza box and did the. Well, we got a pizza at this restaurant, Dominica's, um, which was phenomenal. And I also got to try squid ink pasta for the first time. I saw that you posted that. Um, I was kind of expecting. I'd never tasted squid ink in any form or fashion. I thought it would taste kind of like, like the like, sea, like sea, like fishy. It didn't like. I don't know if it's how they prepare it with the pasta, but it made the pasta very like buttery and just really, really delicious. I mean, if you closed your eyes, you didn't, you wouldn't even know it was black. Like it just, it, was just, it just tastes like regular pasta, just really good, creamy pasta. It was amazing. Um, but the show of Pretty Woman was actually really good. Um, they had some good musical numbers that they added to the thing. I mean, it was pretty much just like the movie, but it was a good time. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Who played Jason Alexander? You, I was about to ask that. I don't, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a good asshole. I actually wished he was in it more because he, he, mm-hmm. he was a good prick. Um, yeah, it was very good. Who played the Hector Elizondo part? <laughs> I, I don't know. They, all those parts are in it. I mean, See, the, the Hector Elizondo part of Pretty Woman is a lot like his character in Princess Diaries. They're very similar. <laughs> they, they try to lift women up, and we like that. And speaking of things we like or maybe don't like, we're going to dive into television now and talk a little bit about some of the shows that we've watched. Now, I'm, I'm looking here, and I'm seeing right at the top there the, the quantum leap. So let's take a, a leap. I thought we talked about that. We, I mean, we did, but it's it, it officially got picked up for a whole season today. Oh, like, oh. like wait, the first season got picked up? Well, I mean, well, all right, so they when they greenlit it, they greenlit it for, I think, Eight, eight or nine episodes, yeah, and what, they picked it up for the full season. They, oh. they, they added like six more episodes. Yeah, season. they picked up the back six. Is what oh, they call. Oh, that's stupid. They should have just greenlit the whole season. I mean, that's well, that's how they do. Well, it. that's how they, that's how network TV does it. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're kind of spoiled with streaming. Yeah, you're right. But um, no, I it this this it's really good, and it's just, I think it's it's gotten progressively better. Like the um the char- the actors I think are starting to fall into their into their groove. Um, cause the um. Third episode, um, he played a boxer. I mean, well, uh, he leaped into a boxer in the seventies, and it, it was a it was a delightful little episode where you know he's learning how to he has to learn how to box kind of overnight, and um, the uh, you know it's juxtaposed to the plot in twenty twenty two, and there's some interesting stuff that kind of links back to the old show and some of the old characters, and this show it's it's a pretty even blend of nostalgia but if you've never seen the new show the old show it, you could it's very entertaining and you're not going to feel lost i think because they they do a pretty good job yeah. explaining about the, the the old show but um so it's uh, nbc nbc on peacock. mondays and peacock on tuesdays and again i think the standout is this uh, mason alexander park he's really good or they i'm sorry That's the main guy no no mason alexander park the main guy's name is raymond lee who's fantastic mason alexander park he's oh, i'm sorry they are a non-binary actor, um, and play the kind of tech person in the in the um, in the present. And they're uh, they play on uh, Desire on Sandman. Sandman, yeah. The, it, I'm trying to figure out how to add. 
ask this. Is they playing a they? In yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's non-binary the, on the show? The, the, the character, the, all right. So the, uh, Mason Alexander Park plays Ian, and Ian is also non-binary. Okay. So it's uh. Well, uh, the actress that play, well, the actor that plays uh, Renera Targaryen on Game of Thrones, the adult Renera, mm-hmm. is is non-binary. But um. Emma Darcy. I feel like a new pronoun should be created. I really do. Like, I got. I mean, non-binary wasn't really a term that we knew of until kind of recently. I still don't understand it. And no, but I mean, the only reason I I, I don't like the they because every time I hear it, I f- I feel like there's somebody, more there's than one. Like, like, yes, like, like it's plural. Yeah. So I mean, I. Well, I they they deserve their own pronoun. So is it just they don't know if they're a man or a female? No, they just don't identify as either. They don't identify as either. I mean, I'll I'll explain it to you this way. Like, we tend to, in our our common thinking, couple gender and sex together. Where Sex is your biological expression of your gender. Gender is the mental state that's associated with that sex. So you know how we think of, like, things in terms of feminine or masculine or things like that? You might be, like, gender-wise more fluid. So, like, you might you fit along that spectrum a little bit differently, whereas it's different from, like, your sexual uh, assignment, like your genitalia. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, I don't want to get into all this, but I mean, I, mean I, I understand a little bit more if, like, you're, you're a male and you feel like you were, you're really a female or vice versa. I just don't understand, like, if you're a male and you don't feel like you're any of but, it. But honestly, like, I, I think this conversation that we're having now, decades from now, will be a lot, like, easier to, because... It's at the forefront of people are finally starting to be accepted that feel a little bit more fluid. It kind of so rem- people don't know how to talk yeah. about it. It kind of reminds me of that Jim Jeffries skit where he talks about how his dad is just now coming around to accepting gay people. Yeah, and it's like when someone says, "Oh, you're you're anti-transgender," and Jim Jeffries like, "Hold on, give him a chance. <laughs> give the man a chance. Just accepting gay people." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what it is. It's the 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 terminology and how to talk about it. You know, if. if if you're just being accepted or being allowed to be who you are, and you don't know, um, you know, like it, it's a it's a difficult position to be in, and you might not have all the guideposts yourself. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, that art that that really cool fight in Chasing Amy when um, what's her face was arguing with with Holden about Holden about uh, she was like, you know, I'm sorry that you knew exactly who you were your whole life. I didn't have that privilege. I didn't know what I was and everything. I, that's why I experimented and all this stuff. I guess it's kind of like that. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's back before Kevin Smith became a crazy pothead. I mean, yeah. if he's happy, I know. I yeah, he's given, I know. I still like Kevin. He's I, made I, enough I, movies to give me I, joy. I, that I like Kevin. He's Smith. living his best life. He did. He, he, he absolutely. He is. really can do he whatever does, he, he wants. He does. He, he makes movies that make him happy. And so he can go off and make Tusk too. Yeah. Let, let me ask you that question. Like, what would be the 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 right level for you to feel like you can just kind of because like. Kevin Smith is not a wealthy man per se, but he makes enough of an income very clearly to just kind of he said do whatever he wants. And I, I like is there a number for you guys where you're just like if I had if I had a, this much salary per year or whatever I'd be fine. I wouldn't need any more. I don't know, but I ain't there yet. I mean, I, none of us are. <laughs> I don't know if there is a real number. I mean, I feel like most people, even like, wealthy like, people, like don't. If you let's say you got like you won some sort of prize that was like five million dollars. Like that should be enough. Well, but, but, but it's, that's why I'm asking. Because like, if you invested that or like you put it in a thing and you can live off of interest, yeah. Like, how much would it be per year? Like for me, I tend to look at it as like the they say that the the equivalent of seventy five thousand dollars after that, like your happiness diminishes because that's like the level at which your need basic needs are met. And you don't really care. Um, 
<clears throat> I would say about maybe a hundred k. So I'd, I'd look at if I won five million dollars as how many years worth of hundred k does that yeah. get me in terms of? I'd probably still work a part time job. I probably would too. I mean, I'd probably do something either something that I really passionate about that might not pay much money or something. Thank, or, yeah, thank you. Yeah, or or just or you know, even like charity work or something like that. Or I mean, you can go. If I, Go cut that grass for free. Yeah. You start your own business. People always talk about like different ideas of things you want to try. Like, well, it's, it's, that's the frustrating part. I have, have conversations with a couple of friends of us about this and the concept of like what college is supposed to be. And they're like, it's supposed to make, you know, functioning members of society you're supposed to be productive to society. And I think that productivity being our value thing needs to kind of be decoupled. It reminds me that that we were talking about Robin Williams earlier, but that part of Dead Poet Society where he talks about like science and all that stuff are necessary to sustain life. Those are noble life. pursuits. But you stay alive for the other things, and like someone has to do those other things. And we made all these inventions to kind of save us more time, but then we just filled it up with more busy work. I just thought, like, like it's kind of weird. Like, if if you had the, you know, the ability to do whatever it is you wanted to do, what would it be? And it's we don't really talk about that or, or think about it because we're so busy in the grind. In the grind, a, we took a divergent path here. So we did. Um, quantum leap tends to do that. There we go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we left into a, a new home. And NBC Mondays and Tuesdays on Peacock. Now we're going to dive over into the Disney Plus territory and talk about a couple of shows there. I see She-Hulk on the radar. So yeah, the um, the finale is this week, right? This coming episode. So, the but the um, the penultimate episode, the last one, I think was the best of the series. Yes, um, it was. Again, I will say Tatiana Maslany, she's been killing it. Yeah. I mean, you may not kind of get or um, enjoy the tone of the show, but she gets it, I yeah. think, and she's committed one hundred percent. I think she's she's killing it. It's it's more of a, a fun show, but the last uh, episode, um, I guess we could just say it because it's all over the place now. Um, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil made an, made his appearance finally, and in, in both forms, in both forms, and a lot of people were worried that you know going from the gritty <clears throat> Netflix Daredevil to the Disney Plus She Hulk kind of sillier show that they would ruin Daredevil, and I thought he was amazing. He was the same as he was in the show. His, the, the color of his suit show. was different, but yeah. that was about it. And I mean, it made sense why he was in California with the plot of the show, and he Charlie Cox was amazing. Him and Tatiana Maslany had fantastic chemistry. They did. Um, I think a lot of people might not like the show because it's so different, and also because, like, it's when you think of Marvel, this isn't really what it's you usually get, but, like, it doesn't... Well, if it wasn't that She-Hulk was already a Marvel character, this did not have to be a Marvel show. I would like, disagree and was, in this sense. She-Hulk is a very accentuated version of what everybody else sees from Marvel, where it's the, the so the jokiness, the Marvel mm-hmm. humor. This is that amped up, and so I think that if people that had seen before that, that people like complained about the the amount of humor that are in some of the Marvel things, um, if people are hating that in She-Hulk, they should kind of maybe you know. Consider that's how some other people feel sometimes when they watch other Marvel movies, forced jokes and stuff like that. However, again, like I know the the comic book character, not many people do. I can see people being turned off to it because, like you said, it's a it's a stark contrast. But uh, you know, it's 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 just like the comic. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. All I can say, and I'm not, I haven't watched a second of it. But the first time I saw the title She Hulk, <laughs> I'm like, well, I have no interest in that. Which is it. fine, and that's, I mean, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize the show because I didn't watch it. But like, that's the thing. That's like, what Ryan said when he saw WNBA. Uh-huh. No, I like the WNBA, but like, it, like I have no interest in watching this. And I think for what I mean, you could say I, I have been very critical of Marvel as of late. But I will say this for them: 
they're doing a good job of making shows where it's like, well, if you're not interested, you just don't need to watch it, and you still can follow along generally with the yeah. timeline of Marvel's MCU. Mm -hmm. So it's not a big deal. It's like I have no interest in She-Hulk, and everything I've seen has not made me want to watch it. So I feel like I'm just not ever going to watch it. Which which is fine. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's like you said. Like I mean, I feel like. When something important happens, <laughs> you hear about it on social media. So I know Daredevil's in that universe. So I know he's around. Yeah. So, and he got his show um, is coming out in a few months. I'm I a little think. worried about that. It's it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot longer than all the other Marvel shows. Just because it's, I wonder if they're gonna change the way how how great the first one was. I don't think they will. You think they go back and just edit the first one? No, I'm just saying. I don't know if it's gonna maintain the tone. It was so dark. Like I don't. I, I can't imagine Disney Plus going. Well, I mean, they they added the. I know little, they added it. The yeah. little, well, they added the little parental lock. They too. did, and um, another. Which, <coughs> they didn't really promote that. Like, so I, so I I I remember them saying, "Oh, it's on Disney Plus," and I figured it'd just be on. I didn't realize the parental lock was like right. already like locked in before you even had a chance to mess. And with I mean, it. and uh, as we're going to talk about on a Disney Plus show later in this episode, they're kind of experimenting with more um, adult and graphic things. But. Cool. Well, I mean, they've added, you know, they've added, did they they put Deadpool on there already? They did. Because I, I know they added Wolverine. Oh, Logan, I'm sorry. I think they added the Wolverine as well. Yeah. I think that is on there. But I mean, but Logan was R. I mean, it's, yeah. and Deadpool is R. Yeah, they added both of the Deadpool movies. Yeah. And then they announced they're doing Deadpool 3, so. <sighs> it's never going to end. No, it's not. Many, many sadnesses. Ryan and I will, will you know, well, give you guys' opinion of the yeah, movie. We'll, you want to go see it? We'll go see it. Yeah. Good for y'all. Ryan, you and I go watch something else. Let's do it. Um, so speaking of that darker show, Werewolf by Night also debuted. I'm very curious about this because... Is it a show? Is it a documentary? All right, so it's it's like it? a 50 to or 55 minute long special. It, they call it, yeah. Special. And, yeah. And in fact, that's why when, when you hit play, when, before the Marvel, Marvel logo comes up, it says special presentation. Like yeah. one of those things from like the 80s almost. Yeah. It's like this big flash that says special presentation. And then as the Marvel logo is coming, turning around, it's very, like, horror-oriented. And yeah. then, if, but I, I will say, had that Marvel logo not been on there, you would never know this is no, Marvel. not at all. So it's not a movie. No, it's, it's just, a, like, a special... It's, it's, like, a, it's a Halloween special. It's a Halloween special. Okay. It's like, and John said, it's about 55 minutes. So, basically, there's this, this guy who's a monster hunter who has passed away, and he's got this item that's called the Bloodstone, and it helps him defeat monsters. And... When he dies, it is apparently tradition that whenever the person who has the bloodstone dies, they have a kind of like a tournament where all the other hunters can come and they release some sort of beast. So a creature. A creature, yeah, into the into this like big courtyard with the bloodstone on it and whoever can get the bloodstone and survive, it becomes the new owner of the bloodstone. So it's basically all these monster hunters show up. Just like the Goblet of Fire. Goblet, yeah, kinda. Like, how many? It's like four or five monster hunters so, yeah, four, or show up, and they all have different weapons and different kind of backstories. And yeah, they release good? it's yeah, fantastic, it was really, good. really. Yeah, it was really good. And, and I will say, they, they never really say it, but the creature there is it's a Marvel character called Man Thing. Yeah, the Man Thing. I was gonna there. ask, why is it Marvel? Well, all right, so this because is what's a very Marvel obscure character. Published the character. So, so these are Marvel these characters, are Marvel yeah. characters yeah. and in fact, I saw Kevin Feige said that. He really he's been wanting to do this a lot, and there was a specific reason why he wanted to do this now. And I think it's because they're starting to come up with pre-production on Blade and things like this, mm. and kind I heard of they're having problems. They, I mean, the director quit, but they are doing like they're 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 working on Ryan, Blade. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Mm. 
They should just get like Steve, what, Greg? Just get Stephen like Dorff to come be the director. But uh, but anyway, it's not exactly the March. Of but Thomas. this but this um, this <laughs> was actually directed by Michael Giacchino, the composer. Yeah, and See, some motherfuckers always got to try to ice skate uphill. And, All right, <laughs> and um, it's kill myself again. <laughs> Werewolf by Night. It's very um, it's a throwback to like forties and fifties monster movies. Yeah. With kind of like an eighty sensibility, but yeah, John. I mean, that's that's the plot, is what John yeah. just said. But um, started. This is fun. I watched it last time with my wife. We, we he said it's a, is it rated R? Oh yeah. Yeah, but I will say it's 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 in black and white, and I think the reason they did it in black and white is there was so much blood. There's in a lot it. of blood in it. I don't know if there's any bad language or nudity or anything. But it's, it's violent. It's violent. And um, <laughs> but I thought I I, I loved it actually. I, I thought really I thought the tone it. was great. I thought the. The main uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. He he was. He's, Do you think there's going to be like a series of these? I don't. I could see them maybe doing one every year, like maybe, like, yeah, a, like, a, that's, that's like a Halloween, yeah. like a like a Halloween special. Um, uh, the I love the, there's an actress in it called Laura Donnelly. She was one of the the monster hunters, and I could see her being an action star because I thought wait, her she portrayed her little monster hunter. She it was great, but oh, this actually it had a TV rating. It was actually it was TV fourteen actually. Okay, but. But yeah, had it been in color, it probably would have been mature. Right. But it's on. I mean, it's on Disney Plus. I, I can't recommend this enough. Yeah, I it was, loved it. It was a lot of fun, especially right coming up to Halloween. Right. I'm gonna check that out. Andor going to see Andor. What the hell is wrong with him? He's singing about Cassie and Andor. Yeah. So we go from. Well, and, and that's funny because it, it, was, it was kind of the Star Wars theme, but also kind of Love Boat. What are you saying? Yeah. So. And we were just talking about uh, Gael um, Garcia Bernal, and he was in Itumama Temian with um, um, Cassian Andor, uh, right. with um, the Aguiluna. And then Kevin Bacon. <laughs> no. So, Andor. so, Andor, bring it up. Tell us what we're, we're talking about. How many about were the fifth episode? Five. Yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, there's really not much to talk about. It's later the same day. <laughs> Well, no, they've gone to. Um, I will like say, twenty-four. It kind of is. There, there's no break in this. It's like one giant movie. Yeah, and um, it's it's starting to feel. It, at least I thought it felt a little more like Star Wars. They went yeah. to Coruscant. You know how I know I'm starting to like it more. I'm getting pissed off when the credits start. Uh huh. Because the first three episodes, I wasn't. I was just like, oh, oh, here we go. And then, but like this last episode. No, actually, I think it was the one before last. He was actually in the middle of eating. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, they're telling him something he's got to go do. And he's like, well, can I finish eating first? And then they go, and then the credits. The, the credits. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> I didn't get to see what he had for dessert. I didn't get to see him finish his meal. I got very uh, kind of giggled the other day when I found out that uh, Netflix is apparently going to start doing like non-binging shows because they want to keep people for longer. I don't so they're like going to start ep- well, re- releasing like an episode at a time or one or two. So they, at one point when he's... When he's he's there with the uh, the, the rebels, right. they they give him a glass of something and they say it's some kind of milk and they say you know it's terrible or whatever but it'll keep you it'll keep you alive. Was that supposed to be like the milk from the Last Jedi that the green the, milk that Luke like milks out of that the green creature? milk? I don't know. I do. I mean, it could have been. You, you didn't see what color it was. He just he he didn't like it. Whatever it was. I mean, it may have just been the the regular blue milk that what's his face his mom was giving him in cereal. Oh yeah, well, oh, oh Emperor. Yeah, it looked like they were drinking it's mercury blueberry <laughs> milk. I mean, it looked like they, he was eating kicks. <laughs> he was holding up these little puffs. I, that's the first time I've seen them close up on food that much in Star Wars before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like you're right, Amperu. That didn't. She was feeding. It looked like a giant platter of fried, eggs. Fried yeah, egg. a giant, the biggest fried egg. Ever. And if you notice, when he goes to reach for the blue milk, his sleeve just, just goes crushes all crushes right across it. Yeah. 
Luke was not a very hygienic person. No, and then he ate, he brought the little granola bar with him, the Dagobah. <laughs> he had like a whole platter of like granolas and How nuts. How you get so big eating food of this kind? <laughs> just like that that one little granola bar was his whole dinner. There's a I forget what it's even called, but there's a like an obscure Star Wars like thing that I follow on Facebook, and they just like notice weird things. And somebody pointed out. Yoda being the as old as he is and the Jedi Master that's seen all these crazy things or whatever, why is he so obsessed with this little flashlight? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it is mine. He's playing a role. Because he's trying he's trying to piss Luke off. Yeah, he's trying to test Luke. I mean I I even know that. No, but I mean but, but trying to take it is trying to test Luke, but at first when he first gets it, he's like, oh he's trying to I think he's, how can how crazy could I act? He's playing a character. And then he gets in a fight with R2 D2. Who he's known for years. That's right. Yeah. Well, that, you know, those droids, they all look similar. <laughs> well, but it also means, like, R2 didn't recognize him either. Yeah. Well, we can't understand what R2 said. He could have went, hey, Yoda, with him, motherfucker. Yeah. He cursed at him, definitely. Eat you, thought. How rude. But Andor is getting uh, exceptional. Like, I expected it to. This is a, kind of a longer season, too. It's, it's 12. It's, it's well, 12. and they actually, it's going to be two seasons. So. Yeah, it's, it's 12 episodes. Yeah. I think, so. And, it, yeah, it's going to lead up. It's right up to Rogue One, apparently. So it's gonna be interesting to see when my Kate... wife argued she she won't watch with me because she's like I don't want to watch a show about a guy that I know is gonna die in Rogue One. I'm like I understand I like, that to a certain. But I was like, you watched Obi Wan, <laughs> you know? You know what's gonna... Yeah. No, I I get what she's saying. It's like, well, you you, you saw like Obi Wan's journey, whereas this guy it was just in like a standalone movie. I can understand where it's like, how can his story really be that interesting? But it's also the story of the rebellion. I think this is more for diehard Star Wars fans. I think it's more for like more adult Star Wars. Yeah, fans. like kids would like it like, like Rogue the, One Star Wars fans. Yeah, because I mean, if you want the like swashbuckling kind of like that's what Obi Wan and all that stuff. This yeah. is more like for the fans of like the the lore. I agree. Well, uh, our last Disney Plus series is uh, the be- one of the best Star Trek series on uh, any streaming service, which is the Orville. Um, I actually finished the fu- the most recent season. Did of you that. say Disney Plus? Yeah. The Orville is on Disney Plus. It is. Yeah, well, yeah we, I noticed that it's on Hulu and it's Disney on Hulu Plus. and Disney Plus. Because I mean, they own they own Hulu too. True, yeah. They own the world. They do. They do. Um, so, and tell me, we started watching. We were excited about it. And we started watching. And we watched like the first two, maybe three, and it was just really, really serious. Like not funny at all. It it does get progressively. It's more balanced. Okay. To, after those first couple of episodes, I mean, you. So the the end of the second season. Um, there's a lot of dense story that's packed into it, but there's the big Kalon attack, and yeah. it, the the epi- first couple episodes deal with like some of the repercussions. And right. It sets up stories that play out throughout the entire season. Okay. Um, I honestly think like Seth MacFarlane, this is him getting to to do the ser- like the the Star Trek that he wanted to do. There's a lot of humor through Bordis and through some of the other characters. It's very tough for me to watch uh, a lot of the Norm Macdonald scenes because he's in the entire season. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I know he's in the first, the first couple, and I don't know what they're gonna do in in, ter- in the next season in terms of like you know writing the character out or whatnot. But do you this... think they'll get somebody that can do a voice that's similar? Possible, or they might just not even like he, he shows up in the background when he does show up. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be a, a huge story yeah. point. But this is such a joyous se- like it, I, I get as excited about this as when I watch Strange New Worlds. Um, it's that le- level of Star Trek with that positivity. I, I watched uh, the tw- the two thousand nine Star Trek again last night. I hadn't seen it in a while. The, the, the... Original, the uh, Chris Pine, Pine one. one, the original Pine, Pine one. Yeah, yeah Star and, Trek or nine. Yeah, and it's uh, it's I, it's it's a, that same level of like wonder that you get when if you the first time you watch that or something like that. The Orville is very much like that. It's like a it's a love letter, and I think that if 
he would have been allowed to because from what I understand he pitched this idea as like a Star Trek series and they kind of ultimately didn't go with it but like this is really kind of would make Star Trek a lot more accessible to people and it's kind of good to see them do a lot of that on the, the, the Paramount Plus shows but definitely like if you've never watched the Orville go and watch all three seasons on Disney Plus that like John said the final season is going to kind of throw you for a loop a little bit with tone but it's it's worth it Stick so the whole season's on there? the whole season's on there yeah and there's this season, they made a lot of very like brave story decisions that they normally. Is the show over? No. But I do love though about it though. Where does it come on then? It, well, it, that's the thing. It, it was originally on Fox. Fox doesn't have it anymore, so it's direct to streaming now. And they moved it to Hulu, and then and now it's Hulu and Disney. Okay. They, it comes out on both. So, which uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. You should see it, Ryan. You should watch well, it. I prefer Disney because Hulu's got commercials. I, that, that's why I watch it on, on Disney Plus too. My Hulu doesn't have commercials. Well, you, you're fancy like that. Well, from one Star Trek to another, Lower Decks. So yeah, um, we're still talking about this fucking show. Lower Decks never ends. Well, it's the one. It's, it's the it's the show that's on right now. No, I mean like it seems like there's always. I mean, we talk. We don't talk about stuff like every recording, except when like you know something significant happens. But man, this must be like a big time Trekkie. I, I, so the the last two episodes um, have been called um, "Here All Trust Nothing" and "Mathematically Perfect Redemption," and I think this is episode six and seven of season three. "Here All Trust Nothing" might be the best lower decks episode of all three seasons, and a "Mathematically Perfect Redemption" might be one of the worst. <laughs> so um, interesting. Yeah. Right, did you watch these? No, I'm not caught up with it yet. I'm still in season two. Right. But um, so I'm just I will say here I'll trust nothing is um, if you're a fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, you are going to lose a stupid show. You are going to lose your mind because this is it's a Deep Space Nine episode. The Cerritos needs to go to Deep Space Nine, and I mean the plot is something where they have to go there to um, for some treaty negotiation or something. But um, but um, no, that's uh. Deep Space Nine fans are—they're gonna eat up this. Uh, here I'll trust nothing. There's a lot of kind of Easter eggs and inside jokes for Deep Space Nine fans. Now, um, a mathematically perfect redemption is—I guess I can kind of see what they were trying to do. It's a sequel to uh, um, first uh, season episode where it featured. Uh, um, <laughs> this is kind of a deep comp for next gen fans, but there's an an exocomp that was a member of the crew, and it's it features her it's like her whole store like it she she leaves the ship at some point in season one and you get to see everything she did since and it's just i don't know i felt like it was just following a kind of a very temperamental unlikable character and our main characters really weren't in it very much and i don't know i just i didn't find it as humorous as um as the rest of because so far season three has been hitting it pretty pretty awesome with the uh, like it's got a very Galaxy Quest vibe, where you could tell that the the creators they really love Star Trek and they know kind of the the right jokes to hit where you're they're not making fun of it. Those poor people. Exactly, but um, it, it's on Paramount Plus. I think it's um Wednesday, no Thursdays. It comes out Thursdays on Paramount Plus, um, and it's like I said, it's an animated show from from the Rick and Morty <laughs> people. So uh, I think if you start watching it, you'll know pretty soon whether this is for you or not. But if you're not, I mean, this is a great time to be a Star Trek fan because there's currently five series that are uh, in production. So if you don't like this one, just wait till till the next one. But um, 
Like I said, so far season three, I, I'm I'm loving this. Well, we've come to the the end of the line for one show, which is The Walking Dead. The final episodes are premiering. Hurricane Ida ruined this for me. I just haven't been able to catch back up because it... we've been watching it, and it was kind of like you know, it's it's time that it ends, and it's the last. It's still part of this last season. The last season was divided into three sections, and this is the last section. I think there's like eight episodes of this section, and it's it's been all right, not not bad or anything, but. When you think, oh, it's time for it to end, and then they say, oh, yeah, it's going to end. But then there's going to be a, a Rick and Michonne show, and a Daryl show, and a Negan and Maggie show, and it's like, so it's not ending. I thought it's the Rick and Michonne one was like a movie. They changed it. It's going to be a show. I mean, here's my whole take with all that. It's like, well, now you've taken a, one of the best things about Walking Dead is you don't know who's going to survive. Right. So, so all these people that are going to have their own show now, you Thank know they're going to Thank you. Like, it, it ruins some, like, any interest I had of possibly going back and re-watching it and starting from where I missed, I, I could care less now. Yeah. I mean, and it's just they've they've done so well over the years with all of these like crazy sadistic characters, like they can't top it now. So like the the person that's like the villain now is this woman who's like she's in charge of the Commonwealth and she's kind of like the governor, I guess, but like a little bit less sadistic and just just kind of power hungry. But that's really it. And it's she doesn't have a zombie daughter that she no. keeps and feeds. No, she's Even. got kind of a douchebag son. I'm kind of curious what the the creators of The Walking Dead think about the show because. I read how the comic book ends, and this show is not going to end that way. No. Like, Carl is the main thing, like, character. Coral. Coral. Rick doesn't survive to the end of the comic book. And it's like, these shows, like, I just kind of want to keep watching it just because I've invested so much time in it. I, I would still be watching it if I didn't. But, get... I mean, I even said, like, Fear the Walking Dead. and it, Oh, I it, gave up on that. I gave up on that, and then it got so good. And last season was, like, borderline unwatchable. It was so ridiculous. And it was, and it's gonna come back soon. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think my wife wants to keep watching it to see what happens. But it's like, uh, it's run its course. Definitely. Think, yeah, that's that's. They've all run their course. I think so. I, I, I don't even know if like, are you gonna watch the spinoffs? Maybe. I mean, I'm kind of interested in watching maybe the Rick one, just because Rick's been gone for a while, and it was left to where you have no idea what happened to him. So is Rick still not come back? No. Hmm. So that one's kind of interesting. Maybe the other. He's other's not coming not back. Oh, he's coming back. Yeah, I'm, as a fan of the the, the comic, I, I kind of, I've lost like I, I'm several seasons behind on this show. It got really good at times, um, but like John said, it, it unlike when it first came out, it was just great consistently. There there were parts where some seasons were like trending really high up and really good, but then there were times where I don't think you even realized it at first, where you just realized you were watching it just to watch it. Like yeah. you weren't really. And was it just me, or did you find for a while? I don't know how this really happened, but. When one of them would start to not get good, like the other one, yeah. like when Walking Dead would start to not be as good, Fear the Walking Dead got really good. Mm -hmm. And then when that would start going back down, Walking Dead got awesome again. Yeah, you're right. And it was just like, there's always been one that's been pretty good. But I don't know, it's time for all of them to kind of go their own way. Well, if AMC loses that show, it does have a new one that it just debuted. Based off of the Anne Rice series, uh, Interview with the Vampire, based yes. off of the Vampire Chronicles. It did you watch? I have watched the first episode. That's all. I don't that's, think none of us have seen. That's all we've watched. Glenn, you didn't watch it. Right, AMC, yeah, AMC I, I, Plus debuts the the first episode and then it premieres on AMC. So I put it on to watch. But it's it. this, the first one premiered last week and then yeah. the, the second one premiered last night. Tonight, well, yeah, last I, I haven't watched it. Yeah, okay, we haven't watched it. Yet. No, just um, I, I I intend to watch it. I started to watch it and something got in the way and I kind of paused it and I never went back to it. But I'm gonna. I am going to. Watch I have it. a really important question. And I've been waiting to ask Greg this because Greg is an Anne Rice aficionado and 
I come to you with anything to do with Anne Rice created stuff. Is this a sequel to Interview with the Vampire, the, a.k.a. the movie or the original story? No. So the, 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 reason, so, the reason he's asking that, because we were discussing this before you got here, is because when he first starts the interview, they talk about how he interviewed him many, many years ago. So, okay, that's, that's what I was going to bring up. So the thing with this, and one of the things I – spoiler alert, I fucking love this adaptation. I mean, I, 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 I really – I really I, 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 I'm so impressed with this. So they, they had a lot of story – and she had a lot to do with this before she passed away, like in terms of like shaping how this was going to go. Um, but – they allude to the fact that basically this interview was attempted years ago where both of them were in very different places. And this is years after the fact, and he's like, well, we're going to do this right this time. But that's not what happened in the novel, right? In the novel, no. It was just this one. Like, they actually, the movie with Christian Slater, you know what happens at the end when he's. Right. That is what they kind of talk about in this first episode. That he, that's how it kind of ended, and he was like, you know, you weren't really answering the questions, and then. You know, you didn't. He's like, well, you didn't get the the fact that this is a horrible life. Why would you want that? And you know, he then he threatens to kill him. So this is using that kind of as a background. I guess it also kind of clears the slate because you don't know what's going to happen. But when see, that's this that's story. my confusion because like he's got a mark on his neck, and Lestat bites Christian Slater at the end of the movie. And the fact that he well, said that doesn't happen in the book. I, I know it didn't happen in the book. I'm just simply saying the way that they worded it made me think this was a sequel to the movie. And we were talking about so it as you, well. So you think they're trying to do kind of what Doctor Sleep did, where it has to reference a movie, but also like a book that has nothing to do well, with the this movie? Is why Maybe, it can't yeah. Because Louis's creation and everything is vastly different, different time that's, period. And that—that's why I was. That was my next question because I was like, if this is a sequel, he's telling a completely different story. And that's so. That's the other point that I kind of really wanted to, to to drive home is that this was a very good choice. You think so? Where they For, placed it timeline-wise? Well, I mean, to make the story as interesting as it did, they kind of took elements from... Uh, Anne Rice had another, another novel, like a historical fiction novel called Feast of All Saints, where she talked about the Jeans uh, de Couleur de Libre, which were like the free black people of color here in, in New Orleans. And it kind of ties that in with like them trying to you know have our own respectable businesses and whatnot. So making Louis one of these people that is like right after... The, you know. You know, it's a couple decades removed from the Civil War where they're still trying to find their place. It puts him in that outcast realm of things, which makes Lestat coming around also a little bit, you know, it's the only city Lestat could have settled in. I, uh, like, this, I, I don't know what, what budgets are approved for shows and shit like that, but, like, you know, as I watched, like, the House of Dragon, one of my girlfriend's complaints was that she noticed, she's like, they keep using some of the same costumes. And it seems like they're trying to save money for more for visual effects and not much on little things in production value. Whereas with Interview with the Vampire, the production value on this show is phenomenal. <laughs> like the set well, designs. I'll answer, I'll answer to that. I would tell Crystal that on House of the Dragon, it's actually more realistic because they didn't own a ton of like outfits. They were hard to like put well, the, together. the princesses and stuff. Well, like. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is like they probably wouldn't have had a huge wardrobe. They would have worn the same thing over and over again. But to your point, yes, um, I can't say enough about Sam Reed as Lestat. This is the version of Lestat that I saw when I read the books. Can I just say that I did not dislike Tom Cruise at all? I didn't dislike him either. I hated, um, what's his face from... Stuart Queen? Townsend? Yes, he was terrible. Um, but yeah, like this guy, and it's only one episode, but it's like I can see 
you're right. Like you, you can. It, he comes off the page. Like I've read Interview with the Vampire. I don't read very much, but I read that, and it's a great book. It really is. He, it's like it's right. Off, like you're right. It's right off the page. The the same level of like just casual like seductiveness and the the whole you know his simple friend his like his his is seducing you to this dark gift. It's uh it's it's part and parcel of the Lestat that I knew and he looks the, like the description that Lestat gives himself in the book. He's right off the page. Um, now that Louis makes, is different from the novel. Louis Louis is vastly different, and I, but I think it works. It does. Like Louis is more like he's in, is in the in the movie. <clears throat> Even he's his brother a, works more. I think his brother's um, visions and everything like that work more in this time period. So correct me if I'm wrong. In the novel, it's his brother who passes away that sends him into depression. In the movie, they make it his wife. Isn't it his brother? Yeah, it's his brother. In the yeah. Book. So. I, but his character is way more dark and depressed and just out of it in the book than in the original movie. But in this show, he's very, I would say, in control more. It's almost like he wants a life that he, he can't quite get because yeah. of the limitations of his race. And, it's gonna, it's gonna, and that's the, the temptation of right. this so dark Right, so I'm hit. very curious where how his character is going to evolve going forward. I mean, you think this is going to be a series that they just continue? Like, I mean, this is kind of what I hope happens and i don't want to spoil anything for people because hopefully you read the book you think they'll follow the chronicles i think they're gonna follow the chronicles but i also think what's gonna happen is that i think this season might end oh and then they start uh being dispatched by claudia and then you think they do vampire lestat next season no i think next season will be them in in europe oh i see what you're saying so it make interview the vampire two seasons yeah i could definitely get behind that and then antonio been there then Daniel Malone can uh, Daniel, Mo- Daniel Malone Daniel Malloy can interview Lestat in the next season. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, like Antonio Banderas' character is like like a child, like he's not a child. Years yeah, old. he's a teenager. They just decided to put Antonio Banderas oh, because it's, it's Antonio. It's Antonio when he, when Banderas. he runs his hand across the fire and he goes, <laughs> I, I I still do that when I'm around candles just because of Antonio Banderas. Well, the other thing I'll, t- I'll say is you know I, I love that they 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 kind of embrace the, which is is very clear in the book. Um, the bisexuality of Lestat, and then Louis, they kind of even, like, they make him latently homosexual. In the novels, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's well, not like, Lestat talks about having male and female lovers. In yeah, it. because, like, in, if I'm not mistaken, in Van, Anne Rice's vampire world, like, sexuality is not really a I mean, they're, a they're very androgynous yeah, characters. They right. Well, because, first of all, that's, that's the other, only, the complaints that I would have with the show are as follows. Vampires can't have sex. They, they can't. That It doesn't happen. Not if you watch what we do in the shadows. Well, yeah, that's different. Or true blood. Different types of it. Back doors open, old chap. The vampires, <laughs> in, the vampires in this particular universe, the way that they work, they don't have that. They right. also don't eat. The smoking thing, I can kind of get. Like I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me because, you know, they they still breathe and things like that. But I don't remember. I was about to ask. I don't remember if they specified in the novels if does the food. He, he, he gets sick. That's what. Okay. So it's it's like Dracula. They basically they keep warm liquid. He prefers to keep warm liquids around him right. just for the, how it feels because they're always cold. Mm-hmm. But he'll keep things around. But they always have to fake. They, they dine on empty plates. They say. Yeah. It's good stuff. I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm going to keep watching this one for sure. I didn't even think to look. There is a scene where he has dinner with uh, Louis's family, and I didn't even think to. I guess he doesn't eat while he's he, he does. Huh? He eats. He, I see him take a piece and put it to his mouth. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the thing that throws me out of it because. Yeah. You need to kind of explain that to me, yeah. lore wise. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm attached to the other things, but like, yeah, like. You think he goes me, to the bathroom and purges after? Maybe he may. They might have to explain that, but like, 
Yeah, like I like the 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 whole. Con- puts it in the cheek, like chewing tobacco. Well, I, I do love too that they showed in the first episode the 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 little drink, where he that's one of the ways that they hide the victims is like he he drinks them and then he puts some of his blood to seal the wounds. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, this this series is incredibly well done, and I'm I'm extremely extremely excited to see what it holds in the future. Yes. Um and. As you may have noticed, if you're listening to this episode, we have done it again. We have reached the uh, the limits of, of what we would normally put out in episodes. So we're going to split this one into two. So join us here next week when we're going to talk about the films that we watched this past week. We'll also decide on the awesome villager from uh, you know both weeks, technically. Um, so yeah, stick around. This has been Greg. Ryan. John. Nolan. We will see you next week.